lace up your boots and get ready for TM5 United, your one-stop shop for all the news about our five stripes. Here's your hosts, Abner Castellanos and David Donis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of TM5 United. As always, I am David Donis, your sexy host. Here with my other uh, co-host, not as sexy, but still kind of, he's he's okay, Abner Castellanos. How you doing, man? David, first off, where is Messi? Where, where is, Messi? is Messi? Remix, you need Messi. <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, it was it was crazy because you know we we were talking about there was a lot of excitement around this, and even when we recorded we recorded last time we were like, all right, maybe Messi won't start, but there's probably a high chance that he'll at least like come off the bench and play some kind of minutes, and then little by little we saw the news start to break out that. Messi didn't travel with the the team, so we're like, oh great, you know what's going on. So everybody's trying to figure out. I was even like, maybe Messi <laughs> traveled, you know, by himself for some reason, and he started like people started scoping out his Instagram, and he's over here um, eating a, a weird pizza with a bunch of tomato on it. <laughs> so Abner, before we get into you know the game and everything that ensued, uh, what do you, I mean? What do you make of all that? Yeah, man, it's crazy, right? I was up uh, the night before because um, I got a, um, a text um, saying, hey, I don't think Messi's going to be there tomorrow. And I was like, all right, let me dive into this. And I dove, bro. I even went to, like, Inner Miami's fan pages, fan blogs. Yeah, and me stuff. Too, I, like, dude. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, like, looked up and everything. And, yeah, sure enough. And I was like, man, I was like, maybe maybe he's just promoting this pizza as part of some partnership <laughs> or something. Uh, but come to find yeah. out, no, man, it was uh, dude. I mean, he trained, um, and then it just came down to Tata Martino and the coaches to um, for him to, you know, it was best for them to uh, for him to get a rest. I mean, they do have a cup final coming up. They do have a good amount of games to uh, coming up. It sucks for a lot of the fans that uh, Alain United. Even I mean, even for us too. I mean, obviously getting an opportunity to see him play, um, you know, it could be a once once in a lifetime type deal. Um, especially for him to come in our backyard. So, David, I mean, it sucks. Uh, it is what it is. But at the same time, the Mercedes was rocking. And, uh, dude, I'm, I, let's, let's dive into it, you know. It's, uh, so, uh, uh, really quick, do you think uh, the turf had anything to do with this decision? To be honest, I don't think so. Um, I think it was just, you know. And the reason I had my hopes up is because he didn't play against Bolivia. And, you know, the altitude there is, right. is, could be a lot difficult. So he didn't play there. Came, you know, it was a lot of traveling in between from Bolivia to Miami. And he did train. So everything was looking positive. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, Tata Martino, you know, was like, okay, one of these games, I'm going to have to rest them anyways. And I think they just wanted him to have a longer rest um, um, on Saturday and have mm-hmm. him ready because I think they play Wednesday and Saturday. So... I knew it was going to be a, a tougher, uh, tougher ride coming up. So, can't blame yeah, let, him. Let's see if uh, you know. We'll see if this this hurts him in the long run. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is interesting because again, you know, I, because he didn't play against Bolivia, we kind of thought that's that like okay, they're resting him for this game. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I don't know if turf played a factor in it. I guess nobody really really knows about it. But yeah, it was a combination of match fatigue the game's upcoming and uh i had heard something about um 
you know, when he was with international duty with Argentina, that he missed his son's birthday or something. So he kind of wanted to spend time with his family too. Um, so that I think kind of played a factor into it. But either way, it is what it is. It does suck for those people that paid uh, paid a ton of money to see it. But hey, at least they got a good show either way without Messi because it was a great game, especially if you're an Atlanta United fan because we took care of business. We won five to two in front of a crowd of 71,000 people. Mm. Um, so that's the messy effect there. Um, and, you know, I know, we talked about this after the game because, uh, you know, that game, anytime you have an, an away support, uh, it just adds another uh, level to the game. And the atmosphere was pretty crazy. I mean, it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty tense. And, I mean, this is probably, I think, even the last time I remember uh, a game this tense at the best was against Charlotte when they, they traveled. But... I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is probably the largest away fan bases has showed up to the Benz. Yeah, dude, it's crazy that, um, um, you know, of course, like you said, the messy effect to have all these people show up uh, to watch them play. But, dude, the place was rocking. Um, you know, um, I think something that uh, Longshore said is like, you know, the, the casual messy fan that was there, you know, they probably ho- they, they're hoping that. You know, they saw him play, but then they're like, man, this Atlanta United team is actually not that bad. Uh, maybe it will start supporting them. So, you know, I hope so. end, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, we're expecting Messi. We're expecting Busquets. We're expecting Jordy. At the end of the day, David, the most important thing, we're expecting Atlanta United to win. And I didn't care how, how we got it. And we got it in a good, good old fashioned, um, you know, five to two win. Um, and that which I was excited. It was an exciting game, and I think you mentioned it to me, you know, because we uh, tailgated and we met after the game. It was the most uh, one of the games where you met, you felt so much tense uh, throughout the match, right? Um, yeah. Even being up three one at halftime, three two, and you know, I, dude, I think you know, I think I mean, I I stand up most of the all the games really, but usually people yeah. around me don't stand up. Everybody was standing up in this match. I don't think there was, yeah. a, a, you know, people were sitting. So um, it was exciting. Great atmosphere. I loved it. I'm just glad we came out with three points. Um, but, yeah, let's dive into it, David. Come out with, yeah. the, with the match stats. and, and Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the atmosphere was great, Abner. And uh, it just, even me and myself, uh, you know, you, you could tell me and the other lightning fights, every time we would score, the cheering was just that much louder. You were celebrating that much longer. And it was it was fun to see all the disappointed uh, inner Miami fans, and then there was uh, it was interesting because I, I mean there were a couple people where I saw somebody with a pink uh, Joseph Martinez inner Miami shirt, but he was also cheering when Atlanta United scored. So it was like I guess he was clapping for whatever team scored a goal, like it didn't matter. So there were a couple weird weird things like that were just people going for both teams. So it was. It was a little bit odd, but it was the atmosphere was great. I mean, those are the games you kind of you you live for and you get up for, and it just makes it makes your win that much more fun. Um, it was also Hispanic Heritage Month, so Atlanta United they came uh, the the 17s they came out with a cool cool tifo kind of um, you know honoring that. So shout out to um, anybody that's celebrating that like us. You know, we're Guatemalan, so we had the Quince de Septiembre. Uh, and a bunch of other Central American countries too. You have Mexico that's on the 16th, so. Um, um, and Atlanta United, man, uh, they, man, they're, they gotta be one of the best with what they come out with in terms of, uh, shirts and, and jerseys and all that stuff. Cause they came out with a cool Hispanic heritage, uh, hoodie and a scarf that was really, really beautiful. I mean, they, they sold out pretty fast cause my sister wanted one and I went back and 
they were all gone and I couldn't even get myself a nice hoodie because all they had was like 2x but this little guy over here was able to get one and so was my wife so I'm the one that got left, left out <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's crazy because, like, even um, I had a buddy of mine. He's like, Duke, if you can get me one, I gave him one. And uh, my sister got in the store before I did. And I was like, hey, get an extra extra large. She got it. And I was like, hey, there's a medium. She's like, no. And then she's like, there's a small. I was like, well, grab it. I'll grab it for somebody. Somebody gave it a yeah. small. And then Amanda ended up, um, you know, she's like, yeah, I'll get it. I was like, yeah, go ahead, take it. Because I, I didn't need a small or anything. I was looking for a medium. <laughs> and I walked around the stadium all sold out. And then yeah. when I got back to the original store, I was thinking maybe they restock it, bro. Everything was already put yeah. put back with, like, other merchandise. Like, other hoodies and other, all the scars were gone. Um, but we I did get a, a bunch of uh, bandanas, so yeah, those were pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I got a couple of those too, so that yeah, those are cool too. I mean, well done. I mean, I think just our club is is just really, really uh, on top of doing those special events, and I mean, the fact that those things are flying off the shelves um, kind of shows it. Um, but yeah, Abner, let's let's dive into this. So, Man United, we take care of business five two at home um, in front of seventy one thousand, like I mentioned. So the key moments of the match, um, we actually started off pretty pretty well. Uh, it was kind of uh, a little back and forth at times, but um, uh, Inter Miami gets the first goal. Um, it was a, a rocket hit off the the crossbar, bounces bounces back to um, Campana. I mean, he 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 does a little sombrero over Miles Robinson, mm. a beautiful goal, and it's in the back of the net. So at that point, uh, and it, it sucks because I mean, there's a loud cheer when Inter Miami score. Um, so it's it's like it makes it it's a double whammy like not only do they score first but you get to hear them celebrating so at that point i'm like oh man this is going to be a long night especially we talk about it all the time after we have like one of the worst records when we give up the first goal mm -hmm. so yep. 25th minute we're down one nil and you know miami we always say they're dangerous on the counter so now we're gonna have to be pushing out a little bit further um but Thank goodness the boys held it together. We got the goal in the 36th minute um, by Tristan Muyamba. Uh, that, you know, there was a, it went off the crossbar and then it goes. It looked to me like it went over the line, but I don't know the whole ball. I don't. And then that, they call it a goal on the field, so I guess there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. I, mean, I don't know if you had a chance to review it, but I mean, does, is that a goal to you? If it to me, it's not a goal. Um, I don't Ooh. think. I don't, yeah, I don't think it crossed the line at all. Um, it's hard to tell. We don't have the goal line technology uh, in the MLS, so that's weird. Uh, how do we have VAR and not the goal line technology? Yeah, apparently it's expensive, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know how that works, but you know. But, but anyway, weird that they didn't VAR it though, right? Well, even with the so they did VAR it, but you can the tell ref, the ref called it a goal, so it's it's got to be really clear and obvious that it can't be a goal. It says it can't says you really don't have goal line technology you really all that you can really base off is you know the line and and just the visuals that the camera gives you the angles they give you um so it now if they would have called it a not a goal and they would have reviewed it they could have been okay it's not a goal it wasn't hard for him to make that decision but since the call was made that it was a goal it was hard for them to, to overturn it without uh conclusive evidence so that's why so uh, but David, how many times has that happened to us where we get unlucky in uh, many situations where um, things are not called in our favor? So uh, yeah. sometimes the ball just, you know, rolls the right way for us or sometimes it just, you know, the well, call. It, it, it kind of comes back to bites us in the butt a little bit later in the game, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so kind of, yeah, but that and then the PK that wasn't called for yeah, us either. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, either way, the goal counts. It's 1-1, 36 minute. 
Um, and then Atlanta United just guns a blazing going forward. Uh, Jean de Silva attacks, he crosses the ball um, and goes off of Miller, the 41st minute own goal. Um, great by Shawnee to just to take a player on because when you do that, great things happen. So now it's 2-1. Um, and then we get a goal by Brooks Lennon in the 44th minute. So we had we literally had three goals in an eight-minute span. So great. The Mercedes-Benz is rocking. We're up 3-1 at the half, and everything seems to be going great. But the second half starts off, and we've always talked about that sometimes in Atlanta United, um, sometimes they just, they, you know, they start games either a little bit late, and the same thing seems to happen in the half. Uh, so 53rd minute. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, Inter Miami gets a, a penalty call, a handball. I believe it was Abram, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So unfortunate. I mean, you kind of kind of look at it. I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have called it a PK, but it's kind of maybe it's a makeup call from the other one. Who knows? Uh, either way, Campana comes up and uh, it takes takes the PK, scores it to make the game three two. Um, and this is kind of where the game really got even more heated because uh, Brad's getting the ball out of the back of the net and there's a couple inner Miami players trying to get the ball from him to, to restart the game really quick and uh, he's not giving it up and it looks like somebody tries to snatch it out of him and or something like really hard and then Brad pushes him and then everybody both teams are in like <laughs> in the goal and so and then the crowd is all like I even me dude I was like get away from Brad get away from him <laughs> um, that just shows how intense the game was. Um, so it was it was pretty crazy, um, but uh, but three two and at that point I was kind of like oh man uh, you know is this, is Miami gonna come back and 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 tie it and they had their chances but thankfully uh, you know Ben but don't break we didn't give up the the equalizer and then we had Gigi scoring the 76th minute by an assist by Saba and then another assist by Saba in an 89th minute to completely put the game away uh, with Wolf scoring that so uh, great from Saba I mean he, the guy comes off the bench and every time he comes off the bench something great happens. Um, so he's, he's almost like a super sub. So Abner, I mean, a great performance from the team to that we went down first and we were able to rally back because we don't really see that a lot from Atlanta United. Uh, so I think that shows a lot of grit and a lot of um, just a great finishing that we were able to score five goals because I think our expected goals uh, were way less than that. So I really don't have a whole lot of complaints from the players. I mean, do you have any complaints or players that really like stood out to you? Dude, Brooks Lennon is having having a game, man. Having a season, uh, leading the um, defensive, the outside backs with assists, and dude, that dude just went up and attacked. And I was like, when he scored, I was like, wait, who was that? And then, <laughs> like, I couldn't even like tell. Yeah. I was like, you know, Brooks and Wiley and any of the defenders yeah. didn't even come to mind. So I'm here, and then it's like Brooks Lennon. I was like, what? How, like, why the heck is he all the way up there? Which I don't mind, you know. Obviously, there's a coach's thing where he has the freedom to go upstairs. So, yeah, he he was one that stood out to me a lot. Him, you know, Caleb Wiley, um, you know, that whole defensive front is it definitely changed with them holding back a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean they're not attacking as much, but we do cover a little bit more ground with them uh, staying in their position. So, I think he stood out really well. Uh, dude, Saba coming up the bench, dude. That dude just takes on Sandy Silva again. Uh, just creating chaos, dude. It's just nice having a wing that just attacks and has that confidence to take on that one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think Mosqueda had a had a straight game, had a had a um, you know good game as well. So I think overall, it's kind of hard to pick pick a, a man of the match for that game. 
uh, because I just feel like everybody played so well in that game. Um, I, I think it was hard to, you know, if you told me, hey, pick somebody that played bad. I mean, if I had to say somebody that played not to their level, I guess I could say maybe, maybe Gigi, maybe, um, I can't even say Rosetta because he played his position really well. Um, maybe, you know, it's kind of hard. You can't, it's kind of hard to <laughs> even pick. Uh, the other reason I would say Gigi, you know, I just expected him to be more of a fighter up front. Uh, just like Campana was like bullying us with the, uh, you know, attacking and muscling our guys up front. I wanted that more of that with Gigi um, up front. But I mean, other than that, really, David, I have no, no negative really. Uh, things it's beautiful to see Align United you know play this way it's beautiful to see our bench come in and man just put on a show as well so dude I'm excited we got what nine no we got what seven games left or something yeah, like dude, we only got we only got like five Four games. games five games dang yeah um but yeah I'm not agree there's, there's not a whole lot I mean the team played well so you can't really nitpick I mean the only the only things that are you know I think we still need to work on taking care of the ball better and you know we kind of talked a little bit like i love tristan muyama coming forward but he really scares me when he comes back in the defensive end and um you know when he's recovering the ball from brad to move the ball around it kind of scares me sometimes he's he's coughed up the ball a few times in previous games um and then tiago armada i mean he still had a great yeah, good game um it's crazy we had five goals and there's no goals or assists from him so really crazy, but that also shows that our team is a lot more well-balanced and not everything has to run through him anymore. And I think that's great. Um, but there are a few times where, you know, Thiago Armada, um, you know, in certain spots, he's in our defensive end. There's two players on him and he's trying to go in between them and he coughs the ball up in a very dangerous spot. So there were a few times that, uh, you know, we, we were, got fortunate that either Miami didn't make the most opportunity or they skied a shot. Uh, but I think Amada, you know, a little bit, he, sometimes he's got to let the ball go a little bit more. And he doesn't have to do everything. We've got a lot of other players that can, can make things happen, um, which, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, I mean a great overall, great performance by the, by the team. I mean, you love to see it. Um, and, you know, we're taking care of business. Um, what do you make that, uh, you know, I was, I was for sure thinking that Joseph was going to play a bigger part in this game. But comes into the 83rd minute um, and... That's all about it. That's his highlight is he just came in in the 83rd minute. What do you make of that, that he didn't play any more than that? Um, yeah, it kind of sucks because, you know, we kind of wanted to see more of him. Uh, but, dude, like, just to kind of bring it back, when uh, we were up there uh, waiting for the game to start and, you know, they made an introduction, you know, like, welcome back, Tata Martino and Joseph Martinez. And you see Joseph Martinez, like, you know, wave to the, wave to the crowd and, you know, you could, like, sincerely feel like, you know, he felt that heartfelt, and you could tell that like, he was like really moved by it because they zoomed in on him, and you could just tell like he's like, dang, you know, that gave me a little bit of goosebumps. That was pretty dope. That was pretty Did awesome. Uh, just a little bit. I had a couple of tears, <laughs> but I hit him away really quick. Um, and then yeah, when he came in, his ovation was great. Everybody stood up. Everybody was giving him, you know, giving him applause and everything. I, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of him coming in early, but David, once again, it could be a part of. You know, just resting him because Tata did take rested a lot of players, and you know, just maybe just getting ready for the Open Cup final and just getting for these last run of games that they have. Um, well, you also you also have Campana that I mean, he scored two goals in the night. He looks to be the better player. Yeah, um, but I I think Joseph just fits Messi's style better um, than Campana. Could be. Uh, it's like I feel like he plays him plays off him a lot better than what Campana does. I think Campana is a true striker, while Joseph can kind of cut deep or kind of make those runs on the outside. 
and let give that open space to Messi down the middle. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know who knows because not that Martinez has been playing a lot with the lineups uh, as of lately. So I mean, who knows? They play Wednesday, so we'll see what kind of lineup. I mean, if I see Joseph, then obviously you know we know that he's going to be the the guy to go to. If we see Campana, then you know maybe you know. Joseph is just going to be more using yeah. different situation with def- different defenses and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, we have a lot of games coming up, so I mean, it makes sense to to kind of uh, you know rest one player and play the other. Um, let's go through the match stats. I'm going to put a bow on this. So uh, crazy. So Atlanta United actually uh, slightly loses out of possession. They had 49% to Miami's 51%. But again, we talk about this all the time. If you're scoring goals, you're not going to have that much possession. All right. I'd rather have the goals of the possession any <laughs> any t- day of the week. Um, our expected goals, like I mentioned, uh, we greatly uh, um, outperformed it. 1.72 to Inter Miami's 1.60. Uh, we had 16 total shots, six on target. Miami had 10, um, only three on target. We had 418 accurate passes, and Miami had 435. Um, so the stats were pretty close. It's really the, the finishing that really separated the teams. Um, but man, it's crazy that even without Messi and without Jordi Alba, I mean, Inter Miami still looked like a pretty dangerous team. So, uh, you know, I, mean, I want to ask you the question. Obviously, you don't know how games shape up when certain players are in and out of it. But if you have Messi and Jordi Alba in this game, what do you think would have the, the, the result would have been? I think it would have been like 7-3. Us? Yeah. Really? You think so? <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a woulda, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda type of situation. Uh, we, we won't know. Um, obviously, we did see them, but I think that was a whole different Atlanta United team. Um, than what the right. team is now so it's kind of hard to tell um david i mean the next time it could be playoffs so that, that could be an answer uh for us and uh, we can see what you know miami can really bring uh when they bring the full strength versus our full strength because you know i think the way we were playing the way we we're marking you know obviously when you have a guy that messy that it's kind of it takes a team effort to defend it, it makes things challenging, make things different, you know, especially with the free kicks that we gave mm-hmm. up. I mean, those those are, with the way Messi's been kicking free kicks, those are <laughs> almost 100% secured goals, right? So, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. It's kind of, yeah. you know, so I just go with, he didn't play, we got the win, and we got the points, and let's move on, and, you know, what's next? Let me ask you another question, then, to follow um, up on that. 21 uh, questions with the average. I Let's know. Go. Um, who was your seventh grade crush? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so obviously for us, Atlanta United, the the goal is that we want to win MLS Cup, right? So you would want probably the easiest path possible. So, and I'm sure everybody in the East Coast is, is that's in the playoffs. What I was thinking this, as an Atlanta United fan that wants the MLS Cup trophy, do you want Inter Miami to make the playoffs or not? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. want them to make it? Yeah. Nah, I don't want them to. You know, honestly, I thought about this. Like, I was like, man, what if it comes down to like three points, and it comes down to like they win the rest of the games, but we were the only ones that beat them. Yeah. And they still get in because we beat them. Dude, that might be a little cherry on top, to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, I think you know it's good for the MLS. It's good for the competition. Um, obviously, I want Atlanta United to win it all. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. 
Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, it's you know, it's gonna be. I hope, David. I really hope it comes down to decision day. That's gonna be dope. Yeah, I mean, it could come back to to haunt them. Um, so that that was kind of bringing me to another of my twenty one questions. To add is that let's say you know they're kind of factoring this in and like, look, you know, if we made the playoffs, you know, that's great. But hey, we already won League's Cup. If they win U.S. Open Cup, I mean, you gotta kind of say like Miami had nothing. And now they got two trophies to show for it. Do you think it's good enough that they would, if they win those two trophies and not make the MLS Cup playoffs? No. You don't think it's good enough? Nah, nah. nah I don't think it's good For enough. For Messi to just be here a month? Well, because David, the Leeds Cup was, you know, it's it's early in its years, right? I mean, the US Open Cup, they're, they're thinking of getting or going away from that anyways with the MLS. So, I don't know. Wait, you know, well, okay, so what do you mean they're going uh, away with the U.S. Open Cup? Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that later whenever it comes up again, because I think that that final's coming up here soon. But uh, let me let me reverse that question uh, to you. What do you what do you think are as an MLS club would be the three top trophies that you want to chase? Well, obviously, MLS Cup. Is, I mean, if you think about the treble, like in international soccer, right? It would be. You know the Champions League, the League Trophy, and then the you know the the I guess interleague cup. So in our case, it would be the MLS Cup, U.S. Open Cup, and then the Champions League. Um, you know the weird thing is that because of the way things are, like we you, you have the Supporter Shield too that is a trophy, but it doesn't mean what it does around the other world around the world. And then you also have a new tournament called the League's Cup. So now you have like five trophies. And it's always the treble has always been MLS Cup, US Open Cup, and Champions League. So to me, you know, US Open Cup, you know, it's kind of, you know, I guess it's debatable now, but for sure, Champions League and MLS Cup, for sure, those two are the ones that you need to you need to chase for. What so, what you say again? The Community Shield. No, no, oh, MLS, MLS Cup trophy and uh-huh. uh, Champions League. Those are the two for sure. And then to make it a treble, it usually would be the U.S. Open Cup, the domestic cup, right? So you don't oh. count the, uh, um, not the Community Shield, the... Um, the Supporter Shield? The Supporter Shield as a top? Uh, no, if I've had, so that's why MLS is kind of, it's kind right, of... I know, I know it's a lot different than so, what... But it, in, the, in, the, in the five trophies, if I had to rank them, it would be, um, number one would be MLS Cup trophy. Number two would be... Um, CCL, and those ones that kind of flip back and forth depending on who you are, or how many you know championships you actually won. Uh, number three would be U.S. Open Cup. Uh, number four, um, man, that's tough. Number four, I think would would be Supporter Shield for now, and then mm-hmm. five would be League's Cup. But again, okay. League's Cup is starting to become you know a highly prized tournament. But again, you're you win that tournament to qualify for CCL, so CCL has to supersede that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard because, like you said, it's you know obviously in Europe and it's different. Whenever they call it a treble, right? It's gonna be the, you know, the Champions League, the your your own league, and then whatever FA Cup or the Copa del Rey or whatever. It's like that. So, right. I, I mean, I think obviously at the end of the day, making the MLS playoffs that's that's where you want to be. So I don't, I don't think you. I mean, yeah, you call it you call it a a little bit of a success because you got two trophies. Um, granted. You know, if we look back at the bracket, David, like, and I'm being, you know, 
very honest here. The way Inter Miami was inserted into that side of the bracket versus the other side of the bracket, yeah, uh, I would say it was a little bit of a cakewalk to get to the final. Uh, now, was that you know the purpose, or that was that already made before we even knew Messi was going? Probably, probably so. But you know, we got to look at what it is. You still had to win the final. You still had to go to a couple PK. So it wasn't like it was given. You know, you still kind of had to make a you know mm-hmm. make make those pks and you know depend on a lot on your teammates and stuff like that so um yeah i, I mean let's let's flip to our team if we were to win the least cup if we were to win us open cup but not make the MLS playoffs i think we would call it an unsuccessful season right i think it would be like in the middle it's like borderline. <sighs> it's tough right yeah it's, it's Wait, what about the what the what about the American Family Home Insurance Club, dude? That one's a prize to the whole world to win that one. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> then we, dude, and then there's a Campeones Cup too. Yeah, right? that's, that's too many true. cups, there's, man. Too, and then there's the American we, Family Insurance Cup. That's the one I just said. <laughs> oh, is all that right, the, right. the Campeones Cup is the same, right? No, those it? are different. No, it's the Campeones Cup is the winner of a Liga MX and then MLS, and then the Family Home Insurance Cup is just us versus. I don't know, a random team. <laughs> is it a team that's what's not? Yeah, that's weird. Because we played Toluca, I think, this last one. And the one before that, I think, was... Uh... Igles Monterrey? I don't even remember, dude. But, um, yeah, but let's let's uh, let's move on, Abner. So that, you know, great game. Uh, you know, we've got uh, a long way to go still. So, uh, you know, we got a quick turnaround. So we can't, we can't sit on our laurels too long. So we got a game coming up. This Wednesday at 7.30 um, versus DC United. Wayne Rooney's DC United at Audi Field. Um, so we've got a lot of history with DC United. Um, mm. Our head-to-head, Atlanta's got nine, win, nine wins. We've got six losses and no draws, which is pretty crazy. So um, um, I think DC, no, that was the Red Bulls that handed us our, our first L in the, uh, when we came into MLS. But we used to always struggle against DC United. Um, with the win against Inter Miami, we still stay in sixth place. So we're in sixth place with 45 points. DC United is in ninth place, and they have the final playoff spot with 35 points. So that's that's who Inter Miami is really, really trying to chase right now. Um, and the last time we faced them um, was, I believe, in June earlier in the year, where we won 3-1 at the Benz. So DC United, they're coming off of a 0-0 draw in Charlotte. So obviously, um, you know, they're trying to also secure their playoff spot, having that last spot. Um, Admiral, we know we faced them uh, early in the year. We know DC United very well. Some of the players to watch out for that Christian Benteke, who was an MLS All-Star this year. He's got 10 goals. You got Jose Fajardo. You got uh, Martez Klich, who played for um, Leeds. And you got Russell Canals. And then you got a good friend that's been, you know, he's been coming in as a sub is Yamil Assad. So, um, you know, Abner, obviously, we've got 10 points on them. Um, but, you know, how do, how do you see this game um, playing out? And do you, what kind of changes do you see from Atlanta United, if any? Yeah, short week, right? Turn around, yeah. boom, boom, we get two games back-to-back. Um, so, uh, dude, I think I think you have to give Sandy a rest here Wednesday or Saturday because... You have to make those rotations. You have to make, and I think a solid would be Wolf coming in, uh, Saba coming in, uh, Mosquera could probably stay in. 
and I, I would hate to say it, but you may have to change the midfield. But David, I don't think you make that much of a change in midfield. Maybe just change one. Maybe Tristan comes out and Sosa comes in or Sedgwick or something like that. Because we saw when Sedgwick and Sosa started together, that was a disaster. That was uh, that was no good. So I don't think you you mess. I think you mess around with the wingers and maybe uh, the fullbacks a little bit, but don't mess around with the center mids. The spine um, of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even a forward, maybe you could give Gigi a rest and put our new guy up there. Um, well, yeah, that's another question I had because it, it'll be interesting to see because obviously he didn't suit up for um, this game in in my I guess Miami he wasn't in the eighteen. So um, I don't know if he's going to be ready for a game this quick on on Wednesday. Um, but it'd be great to have him as an option because you know we just see it time and time again. You know Barry is kind of he's just there to run around. <laughs> that's all you kind of expect from him um but yeah I'm not, yeah i agree with you you know you, you want to make sure you're not uh your players aren't fatigued and you're giving them the rest but you tweak it a little bit too much and then you end up losing your shape so um onesies twosies here and there i'm good with that um yeah that, that midfield that's sosa and say uh say ditch together scares me so maybe you could take out one you put sosa and maybe muyama together and then maybe you could flip it later or something like that um but yeah i don't i don't think we changed too too much um and that being said you know dc united they're gonna be at home we still want points so uh how do you think this game is gonna play out um dude the way we're going the word um i think it's gonna be like a 2-0 shutout 2-0 shutout yeah yeah, you know what? I kind of like that. I know with the Inter Miami, we we made our predictions with Messi and mine. I had to one one. I think you said three two, right? Three mm-hmm, two. So you, yep. so you were closer than me, but I probably would have changed mine had a <laughs> had I known Messi wasn't played. Um, two zero. I um, I think two one. I, I think we just don't like having clean sheets, but I do think we get the job done against DC United. I think we're a better team. So um, you know, again. We just got to get off to a better start than we did against Miami and not, not give up that first goal because I think that's key. And we've seen it before. D.C. United, I mean, they would always bunker against us. Remember how, how hard it was to just break them down and then they would get one opportunity and put a goal on us and they'd win the game 1-0 and that was it. Mm-hmm. So th- those teams, I think the teams that are like where there's a greater disparity in talent are actually the harder ones to win because they end up just parking the bus and we just spend 90 minutes trying to break them down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, obviously, it's it's, uh, it's gonna be a challenging game. It's gonna be a quick turnaround. I just hope we we don't change the midfield. I can deal with, I can deal with Wolf on the wing. I can deal with them on the wing, and maybe a sub in, sub out at halftime or thirty, you know, twenty minutes left in the game, something like that. But um, I mean, I, I definitely want the points, David, because we can climb. We we need to climb as much as we can. Uh, because a lot of these other games, other teams only have have a couple games ahead of us. Um, or sorry, that haven't been played. So we're ahead of them as far as games played. Uh, so we need as many points as we can just so we can at least solidify a top four, top five finish. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and just to just a quick recap. So we, do, we have five games left and we have two games left at home. Um, so we're going to have more games away than home for the last last stretch. Um you know, Cincinnati is pretty much running away with the East and probably Supporter Shield there on top. 
58 points. Uh, Orlando, man, they came back and won that one thriller 4-3 um, in the last minute of that game. They're in second place with 50 points. New England, without a head coach, in third place with 48 points. Um, they're all with 28 games played. Philadelphia in fourth, they have 27 games played with 47 points. Columbus right above us with 28 games played at 45 points. So we've got 29 games played. We've got 45 points. So we're tied with Columbus, but again, they have a game at hand. And then right below us, Nashville with 40 points. They've only played 27 games. So that's what you're talking about, Abner, that, yeah, we need to make more. We need to get make sure we get more points because we've just played more games than everybody. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be really, really tough to get that fourth spot. Um but, you know, we'll see. The way the we've been in form has been pretty good. Um, Philadelphia has been drawing a lot. So there's a chance that we could catch up. And then, again, uh, New England fired their head coach right when they're making a playoff push. So <laughs> you never know what that does to a team. Um, but, Admiral, just, yeah, a few other things, you know, for uh, results around the league. So you, you had the, probably the lamest uh, derby for New York, New York City. Because um, <laughs> New York City versus uh, Red Bulls, not only are they playing for nothing because they're in 12th and 13th place, um, pretty far away from the playoffs playoff uh, spot, um, they tied 0-0. So um, it's probably as lame as you can get <laughs> for that derby. Uh, but a good one was that El Tráfico also happened on the night. Um, LAFC uh, wins it 4-2 against LA Galaxy. Um, always a great game to watch. Back A lot of back and forth. It was actually tied 2-2 in the second half, but uh, uh, the defender, Mavinga, for Galaxy just decided to pass it uh, right to Buanga for an easy goal, and after that, it was just game over. So, um, fun game to watch. Um, any any other any, any other uh, games you took in over the weekend, Amir, or that you had your eye on? Um, the Charlotte game, I thought that was going to be a pretty interesting game matchup. Uh, yeah. Just because... Yeah. Uh, you know, our obviously our family members are uh, good old Charlotte fans. I don't know why still they're still fans of that yeah, team. You're always <laughs> gonna be a fan no matter what. But yeah, <laughs> that game actually was probably a good result for um, for uh, uh, Inter Miami because neither Charlotte or DC really pull away from them. So that's yeah, only, so that could probably be the only silver lining about them losing to us is that they really didn't lose a whole lot because you know DC tied, so they got one point out of the game. And bro, the other game too that was gonna was a good one to have my eye on was the Philadelphia and the uh, Cincinnati matchup, uh, dude. <laughs> Cincinnati being that second half team, that's a real deal, bro. They were down two zero at halftime. They came back two yeah. two to tie. Dude, what? I mean, I know they're on top of the leaderboard. I know, like you don't but having that fight, bro. That means if we face them, we got to make sure we put them away in the first half because apparently they have a. They have a nasty or have a knack just to come back in that second half. So that was when I saw that, I was like, oh, snap. They're, like, they're taking some points away. And, you know, Cincinnati came back and draw that. So that was another interesting matchup that I had in mind. Yeah, they're um, definitely good at doing that, man. You know, and, you know, of course, the uh, Columbus and Orlando was a high scoring four to three match. So, yeah, that was crazy because I think Columbus was winning like three one at one point or something like that. And uh, Orlando came back, so I mean Orlando's looking scary too. Um, you know some stats going into the last last stretch. Right now, Gigi is tied for the Golden Boot with 14 goals. He's tied with uh, Dennis Buwanga and Honey Mukhtar. Uh, so we'll have to see. You know that's probably going to go down to the wire. 
Um, and then we got our own Tiago Almada, who's the current assist leader with 13. So I think he, the next person only has nine. So it'd be kind of, it'd be pretty crazy if the Golden Boot and the assist leaders are two Atlanta United players. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be dope. He broke the record, right, for single season most assists, correct? Uh, I think so. You may be right, Abner. I think it was 15. He's got 13, though. Uh, no, I think he's got 15. Did I take that down wrong, then? Um, well, I'm no, it's just 13 here, dude. This is fake news, man. Let's see here. Top score to 13. Why is why does it say 15 on this? It might, uh, maybe it's in all competitions. I think this one might just be MLS. Ah, okay. For all, yeah, so that might be for the... Um, um, or in a season, yeah, yeah, or in a season, the most okay, that's probably what it was then, because uh, because I saw that it was like, yeah, there it is, like it says, uh, 15, but I think it's in this, yeah, in one one season, yeah, so he's got 15 in one season, so I read that wrong. I thought it was like, um, MLS, you know, not including everything else that we participated in because we didn't never really made us flash in any of the cups so <laughs> that's definitely true <laughs> um, um but we did all cool, that though. because we did all that because we're going to win mls cup that's right that's right <laughs> all right Amber, last thing i want to talk about big big news came out um that the u.s soccer headquarters it's coming to training ground is coming to, to to atlanta baby to the we are the bum 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 yeah, and it's crazy. Arthur Blank has committed fifty billion dollars to this project. So, dude, it's crazy. Hey, you go back. You're not commit some money to me, bro. I know, and Matt, dude, but it's crazy. Imagine going back to like 2015, where there were just rumors about us getting an MLS team, and people were talking about like how there's no way soccer is going to succeed in Atlanta. Not only has our club team succeeded with the attendance, with the uh, you know just being a presence of the city, they won the MLS Cup. And now, now we're getting the freaking U.S. soccer headquarters here in Atlanta. And apparently it's going to be like 100 acres or something crazy like that. So, mm. I mean, that's just wild, man. The South is just, like, not just us, but you, obviously you got Charlotte going ham. You got nah, Nashville. Nah, 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 nah. Not, nah, not, nah. not playing-wise. I'm talking uh, about uh, attendance-wise. Nah, nah, nah. Wise. This is Atlanta only. You're right. Atlanta it is Atlanta. Grown. Atlanta <laughs> only. Screw all those other teams, David. Oh, my God. This yes, for us. In terms it's of the training to center, us, yes, not to Charlotte, I get it. Not I get to it. Nashville, not to that team down there with the Mickey Mouse Club. It's no, coming to Atlanta because they, they know they don't count that as a we have the greatest fan base and soccer is growing in the United States of America in Atlanta, Georgia, baby. And my people, I tell you. <laughs> but uh, man, uh, this is great, great news. I mean, Atlanta is just blowing up. Um, uh, Don awesome. Garber was, you know, talking about it. And, um, it. Also, you know what, man, Arthur Blank, you know, uh, he's just been. He's just, it's for somebody that didn't grow up with soccer and the the uh, how he believes in it, and none of this would be possible without him. So it's it's great to have a great owner like Arthur Blank and. Uh, not like Robert Kraft, who doesn't want to, you know, let New England even buy three DPs. So, <laughs> uh, just great news for for growth of soccer, and I mean, it'd be it'd be cool because we haven't really got a lot of, uh, you know, U.S. national team games here. So maybe they start playing a little bit more, um, you know, at the Benz or something like that. 
Yeah, I think definitely they would show up, man. I think they would actually like fill up a stadium. I'm like, supposedly, uh, St. Louis was a soccer capital of the world, of the United States and couldn't even fill the like, thirty thousand stadium. So, yeah, I mean, the South just has something to say, baby. Right, right, definitely true. Um, all right, Abner, anything else to add, man? No, man, let's get excited. Uh, Wednesday, 7.30 kickoff. Um, you know, our boys need the points. We need to be there to support them. Let's go and get this win, maybe. Let's go. We got a couple games coming up, so let's get ready to rock and roll. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go, Atlanta. We are taking over, and uh, let's man, let's make a run, dude. Everyone's getting excited. This make team is hot. Um, I have no complaints about any player um, on this team right now that's in our starting lineup. Um, so we are looking good. Um, and then last thing, man, kudos. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Kudos to Carlos Bocanegra and Garth Lagerway, um for riding the ship. Because before these guys came in, I mean, we were like, we were looking like, man, we're going to not even make the playoffs. Now we're trying to like shoot up the table. So let's go. Let's get this win, baby, on Wednesday. Um, and then we'll, me and Abner will be back at it again probably Thursday or Friday. Um, but let's do it. Let's go, ATL. ATL. Let's go. All right, we out of here. Peace, y'all. A-T-L-O, A-T-L, what? A-T-L, what? What? Uh, if you buck, what? Not. I like that we, uh, how do you feel?